All right, everyone, welcome back to another Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, I'm Travis, joined by Alex. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing A-OK. How are you? Doing great, and it's, a, it's a finally a podcast that you and I are both on from the very start. I think it's it's back to its roots today. Yeah, imagine that. that, that it's been a while. Um, what are you are you drinking anything at the moment? <laughs> I am, in fact, actually uh, drinking a New Belgium Voodoo Ranger IPA. It's it's awesome. Actually, I like the art style on on there too. There's like a guy wearing like a a ranger hat, and he's a he's a he's a skeleton. It's pretty sweet. Oh dang, that's hardcore. Yeah, yeah, I've got my usual arrogant bastard ale from Stone. There you go. Somewhat, uh, I'm I'm getting kind of sick of it to be honest with you. But you've only been drinking uh, it for ten weeks. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to right off the bat. We wanted to read this awesome email from Michelle that we got. Um, uh, I'll just dive right into it. She says, "Hey, drunk friends." First off, I want to say I love the show and look forward to new uploads each week. Weirdly enough, I find it really relaxing listening to the show while on my run. Nothing like some good 90s wrestling talk to get you motivated. Yay, yay. Anywho, I wanted to write and show my appreciation for your podcast and both your YouTube channels. As Pearl lovingly put it in the last episode, as one of the 5% female audience, to be honest, it's probably more like 3%. (laughs) I really appreciated the female perspective the podcast has shown. It's really refreshing how much support you guys have shown without throwing it in our faces. I now subscribe to both Daria and Pam's channels, and I would totally subscribe to Pearl if she had a channel. I really enjoyed the Final Fantasy VII remake chat in the most recent episode. I love how she referred to herself as a casual and can totally re- relate to her funny stories. If you ever get stuck again, definitely br- if you ever get stuck again, definitely bring her back at least when she finishes Final Fantasy VII remake. I want to hear her thoughts on the ending. My only suggestion is to keep up with starting the podcast with the question, "What are you drinking?" That's that's why I asked you that. Um, <laughs> the first few episodes, you guys asked uh, the guests and mentioned what you guys were currently drinking. Even if there isn't alcohol involved, I think it's a good. Con- consistent intro into the podcast that's a good idea weirdly enough i really enjoy hearing what people's drink of choice is i used to be in the alcohol industry specifically wine and liquor and just like to hear what people are drinking it's something interesting to relate to with the hosts and guests that's it keep up the good work fellas and keep up that thick skin with the negative comments you guys kick ass cheers michelle and i have pearl here sitting to my left she's waving and she uh (laughs) i can see wait no i can't (laughs) <laughs> she just wants to she's got some uh some choice words about this email <laughs> hi and uh, first of all that was just it means a lot sometimes people don't realize when you send a, a simple email saying hey i like what you're doing it means a thousand times more than uh any kind of negative comment that's practically an essay so first of all you know i think alex has a wonderful audience so thank you all so much for supporting him this channel means a lot to him and thanks for mentioning me i love being mentioned in the positive light i like compliments (laughs) but it was really wonderful reading that um I, i i don't really see myself as someone who can share on the female perspective i i think it's been a little distorted having an older brother but when people do show appreciation i i really take it to heart and i really 
really do love your commentary. Um, Michelle, well, I just bought a bottle of yellow chartreuse. That is, uh, you, she would know. Way too expensive. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's made from monks in France in some kind of monastery where they hold the only recipe. It's absolutely wonderful, and I'm not sure if I should drink it straight or if I should make it with a whiskey drink, but something will happen with it. Ooh. Uh, yeah, what do you mix that with? Like Baker's Mark or something like that? I don't know. It, it's I, I need some more research. It, it cost enough, so I need to do some more research on that. But um, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. That I, Final Fantasy VII was a complete obsession for me. I think I mentioned that on the podcast. So someone who's actually able to give me a platform to nerd out on it is just, oh, if you would have told 12-year-old me, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> I cannot be ashamed of video games. People really do play these things. Thank you for so. the email, Michelle. It was really nice. We really appreciate it. It was very unexpected. That's for dang sure. Yeah. Yeah, I am incredibly happy that, you know, he has that 3% female audience. <laughs> Between 3 and 5. I'll, I'll say that. That's <laughs> really great. Thank you so much, Michelle, for your email. I really do. Um, lo- I, I loved every word of it. Thank you so much. Likewise, Michelle. Yes, thank you. Thank you for your kind email. And if anyone, again, wants to email us uh, kind words, let's see if you can top Michelle. That's drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. We're always looking for more and more uh, connections with the audience. I think that's what this is all about. Yes. And that brings me to a big point. From an email that I got. Now, it wasn't, I would say it's not as, as touching as Michelle's, as Michelle's email, but it certainly impacted my life. And that's because this Twin Eagle mystery, Alex, busted wide open. Dang. I got spreadsheets out on the floor. I've got yarn with, with uh, connecting uh, with push pins. I'm smoking three packs of cigarettes. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's insane. I think, I think we're on to something here. And this was from... Drink- Drink some coffee and relax. <laughs> I, need, I need to. I need to. I'm like uh, the, the, the mad TV guy that just has the eyeballs falling out of his head. He's just always <laughs> hyped up on coffee. But no, this came from Danny, and I might, I might try to convert this into a video, although it would be a first for my channel. So I, I don't know if I want uh, to, to go into conspiracy theory just yet on my channel. But um, Danny sent an email that was like, hey, you know, good job on the podcast. I'm a longtime listener, first time writer. And and basically, I'll boil it down here. He did some sleuthing into this thing, and he tracked where this entry on um, on Twin Eagle came from. And and to catch everyone back up, basically, there was uh, an entry on the Twin Eagle Wikipedia page. And you know, Alex does it too. We sometimes go to Wikipedia to get some get some information about the games that we're reviewing. It, it's sort of a nice central location for a lot of good information. And and certainly, that's that's a resource that I use. And on there, it said that there was a famous mistranslation, if you got a game over, that said um, the, the, the player is abortion or something like that. I can't remember verbatim, but it's, it's something ridiculous like that. And I tried and tried and tried. I looked for every different version, iteration, and just could not uh, find that. And then he, he basically found that um, there might have been a troll on Wikipedia circa 2008 from Colorado 
Like it's really specific, and he he's found a few other entries that that person has changed, um, including some for some other games. So like I think there was one for uh, Base Wars, which is another NES game where he said something like, "If you if you do a certain thing, then a, a guy with a blonde hair wearing like neo Nazi regalia or something would would come out and do something." So that one's like. On, like very unbelievable as soon as you read it you know that that's made yeah. up he's talking about the ultimate upgrade which would convert the player into a tall blonde human with powerful abilities the controversial upgrade was removed in most editions of the game after it was disclosed that one of the developers had ties to shadowy neo-nazi groups right like that's that's pretty ridiculous like in, you know on its face right there exactly exactly and had i seen that one i would have been like okay that's not true but this Twin Eagle one just seemed believable enough. We've all seen mistranslations yeah. that are just a little weird, and that yeah. seemed, like, perfect. And so he's found that this guy has gone, had gone through and made a few edits on Wikipedia and had compiled them. And I, I just think it's really interesting. Um, and so thank you, Danny. This is, this, is, uh, that's exactly, this is exactly the reason I put that out there and was like, if anybody can help solve this, please do. This was actually kind of what I expected the answer to be. So I'm actually a little disappointed that it's not a real mistranslation. But at the same time, I'm very happy that we're able to get get a little bit of closure on that. It's it's most likely not a real thing, and it's um, a, you know, some wacky teenager in 2008 who figured out like, hey, I can edit anything in Wikipedia, which I'm surprised doesn't happen more often uh, than it already does, and um, right. sent me down a a wormhole that impacted uh, my video. So there's that. Twelve years later, in fact, so wonder if we'll ever find that kid and you know make him watch that video and have him listen to this podcast maybe he'll become a fan <laughs> maybe he'll be like hey man uh i was the guy maybe we could have him on as a as a guest as a and, guest <laughs> yeah. what were you thinking that night in november of 2008 so what are you or drinking whatever. what if you uh <laughs> what are you drinking? <laughs> oh we're gonna have we gotta have stoss drunk to <laughs> interrogate him that's right what other uh, wikipedia pages have you vandalized over the yeah, years yeah exactly no, that's uh I think I just think that's cool. You like I like hearing from people. Um do we want to hit a couple other emails real quick? Uh what do we got? We have Oh, you mean on our sheet here. Yeah. I can read this one. Okay. So we got we got an email from Jono. Hey guys, absolutely loving the podcast. Great to have some quality chat to listen to on my Saturday morning. Anyway, here's my question. What do you think are the SNES and NES games that Nintendo will likely not add to the online service despite their classic nature high demand. My personal thought is that we won't ever see Harvest Moon because I feel that if they add that, people will realize they never have to play Animal Crossing again. <laughs> have a great day. Yeah, I think um, I, I don't think Harvest Moon will ever get added because there's so many other versions of Har Harvest Moon now. And I think that's a... Is that a Natsume game? I, I think you're right, yeah. Or no, it's it's got some like weird developer like uh, pack it in games or something like that. Let me take a look real quick. Huh, weird. It it feels like Natsume. Pack in video, but yeah, it was public. The, Natsume does have the publishing rights, as far as I can see, oh. in North America. Of course, I type so. in Harvest Moon and Neil Young comes up. Gosh darn it! <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was a pretty decent album. That was like late '90s, I think, or mid '90s, early '90s. But it's yeah, it's good, it's decent. Yeah, I think uh, Eddie Vedder was on that, wasn't he, or something like that? Pro Eddie, Eddie Vedder was on everything in the '90s. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, Harvest Moon's a good choice. That's really. I don't think I have anything that can top it. Um. 
I would love to see old sports games on there. Like I hated what they did to Tecmo Bowl on uh, the NES Classic where they erased all the names. And it's just number 12, number 96, uh, or whatever. I guess licensing and whatever. Yeah, it's a deal with Bummer. the NFLPA, I think. So if they re-released Griffey, they would um, definitely not have the ability to change uh, the names. They would just kind of stay what they are. Yeah, and that that's a bummer. But uh, yeah, I guess that would be my pick, is uh, Griffey Baseball. Uh, I'm, I'm speaking a l- completely ignorantly, because I, I don't really... You know, while I, I enjoy my my Switch, especially, I don't um I don't really pay attention to what comes on those the online services just because I have most of them in on my shelves. But I do know sure, that yeah. Konami has their anniversary collections that are on the Switch, and it's it's looking like they just kind of still want money <laughs> out of those. So I wouldn't expect to see many of their classics on there, especially given how out of touch Konami is. Like I don't know. I don't know if it's already been on there or not, but I wouldn't expect to like see like turtles or anything. I, I think they have a Contra yeah. anniversary collection and a Castlevania anniversary collection. So, you know, unless you buy those collections, I wouldn't expect to see those there. But what do I know? I don't know. No. Definitely not t- Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I guess the those are tough to come by. Yeah. All right, we have another email here. It's our last one. This is from Matt. He says, "Hey fellas, really digging the show. Thanks to quarantine, I have been really getting my money's worth." Out of my SNES Classic and Genesis Mini. Just beat Mega Man X for the fourth time, and yes, I even watched most of Alex's video playing Mega Man X and his rants on various drugs. So, there you go. Uh, a couple smiley faces after that one. I guess that's an inside joke between you guys? Well, I, I probably told, uh, ran out of stuff to talk about and started t- <laughs> mentioning uh, my horrible experiences with uh, having panic attacks when smoking weed. Nice. That's a that's a good podcast fodder right there. Maybe uh, in the oh, future episode we'll bring that one up. Oh my gosh. Um, but anyways, he says, to my question, because I have been watching your YouTube channels and Google searching retro games, my algorithms are showing me ads for different retro systems claiming to have hundreds if not thousands of games. My question to you is, are any of these good? Particular emphasis on handheld versions, as that would be awesome to get something that is both good and has a lot of games. The one I spent the most time being interested in is the RG350, claims to have over 2,000 games spanning NES, Super NES, and even PS1 games. Thanks, and keep up the good work, gents. Cheers. And again, that's Matt. So do you have any any insight on um, things like that, Alex? I mean, why not just get a... If you're going to spend the money on one of those, I understand the appeal because of its. Uh, they're usually pretty cheap, but mm-hmm. um, I would rather just get a uh, flash cartridge like an EverDrive or mm. an SD2 SNES or something like that, uh, at least in the case of uh, Super Nintendo. Uh, I think it would have to be EverDrive with uh, Sega and um, NES. But, um, yeah, no, I, I never wanted anything to do with those because, yeah, it's I'd rather have a flash cart so I can play on the original controller. and um, Plus, I remember there's been some problems with uh some of those carts that just won't work after a while like they really have uh they short out or they get really hot or they're just really poorly made Mm -hmm. so that's never good you don't want to start a fire with your (laughs) super nintendo game so yeah i would rather just go with a flash cart myself 
Yeah, I think I'm with you. I'm um I'm not too familiar with with uh I mean definitely not with the RG350. It sounds like a made up vacuum cleaner from the Simpsons or something. But <laughs> um but for handheld stuff, I, I'd really be worried about the build quality of the controllers and all that. So like more than the games that are on it. Just really like does it you know does it feel like it crinkles when you squeeze it? Like I feel like it's probably just not well made enough for a handheld. Yeah. That's definitely a good. Point Battery too. life's probably not great. Buttons aren't to your liking. I mean, that's stuff you can't change. I I think you're right in that getting like a flash card or something. I will say though, if you like handhelds, uh, if you wanted to take like an NES on the go kind of thing, I took a chance on this thing called the FC Mobile Two um, about ten years ago, and it's not bad. Uh, you, you, it's it's handheld. It has a nice little backlit screen. It takes a few batteries. You can also plug it into the wall, but if a flash cart would work on that, I think you'd be set. It does fit NES cartridges into it. Um, it's, it's made by Hyperkin. So, I mean, you know, okay. for what it's worth, but, um, that might be something you okay. could look into. I don't know. Have you ever played any of like the Superboy stuff? I've never played a actually... Superboy. No. Yeah. It's, it's really fun for about like five minutes and then the thing gets insanely hot. Yes, yes. And I remember like, this thing, thing feels hot. like it's going to like burst into flames in my, <laughs> in my hands and I don't feel safe playing this, so I'm going to put it down. I love the idea. I love the execution, but it's just like, I don't know about this thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably not great for long-term playing because, uh, I mean, honestly, right. it does come with, um, if I remember right, I'm pretty sure it comes with controllers you can plug in and like a stand so you can sort of set it, it down and use it as a TV uh and that kind of thing so i mean it has it has a lot going for it i mean i I got it like 10 years ago and i think it works okay but there's probably better stuff now that might be something yeah focus on the flash cart and then look for a handheld device that's well made that would be my thing that yeah good point all right uh i guess that does it for emails in the intro uh i guess we can maybe bring a guest on or something break it up a little bit is that what we do do we do do that ever oh guest oh okay yeah Yeah, that's right uh okay Coming up, we asked the lovely Hungry Garai if she would come on, uh, also known as HG in some circles. And uh, she, of course, has a YouTube channel and does a lot of reviews that span a number of classic systems. She has reviews on everything from Sid of Valis for uh, Sega Genesis to Dinosaurus for the Game Boy Color and even a, a Danon, Danon, the Jungle Fighter for Sega Master System. I mean, she covers everything, and it's yeah, always... She picks some really cool games. She picks great games, and she makes the reviews of them so interesting. So, And you can also find her on Twitch three nights a week, streaming a number of classic RPGs usually. But who knows what she's streaming, but it's always retro. Coming up next, Hungry Goraya. Goraya? Goraya? Goraya. Okay, so HG, off the bat, I I have to ask, were you developed in a bio lab with combined DNA of Bob Ross, Mr. Rogers, and Cortana from Halo? You know, this, this isn't the first time I've been asked something kind of similar, <laughs> believe it or not, <laughs> uh, but I, I have to regrettably say no, unfortunately okay. not. I came from, from human form. Okay. It will just a lot of people were saying, "Hey man, will you will you ask if she's in the the lab thing? Will you ask the lab thing?" So I <laughs> I promised them I would. So now that that's out there, it's all cleared up. You are in fact of human form. I think that's comforting to a lot of us because uh 
the first thing people always notice and comment about with you is, of course, your smooth, tranquil voice. And so, I mean, it makes sense. You don't show your face. The, the only piece of what we get in any of your videos or your Twitch streams is that voice. Do people comment on it in person as much as they do online? You know, it's funny you ask because very recently, since everything has kind of gone online for work and stuff, and we've been having meetings online, I've been using my stream or my recording setup for Zoom meetings and whatever, and still with no webcam because I'm like, no, thank you. I'd like to be in my pajamas, please. And (laughs) it's, it's just such a funny thing because I had somebody say to me immediately, like, hang on, stop talking. What microphone do you use? what's going on with you and why do you sound like that <laughs> and it was so disturbing <laughs> like i've seen these people face to face at work for about a decade now and never really said too much but then all of a sudden this i think it's honestly the audio equipment i don't know but yeah it was kind of a funny thing a turn of events i was not expecting from a bunch of co-workers but there it was well That's yeah so i mean funny. your setup is is like top tier because i still watch your um King's Quest Five Let's Play, which is funny because that's such a weird game on NES. It's it's so enjoyably goofy, but I just like having it on every once in a while, and it's part of like my rotation, like in the morning, and you know, just to kind of like relax and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, you're definitely the Bob Ross of the uh, retro gaming community. That's very kind of you. I really appreciate that. That's, that's very <laughs> sweet. I don't know if you have the same hair as him though, but. Uh, definitely have like the the voice down for sure oh well thank you yes and also to just the the vibes i would say in addition to the voice it's all it's the bob ross vibes in that um you know watching your stream uh which i tune into a lot and i the a lot of the games that you play i i become very flustered with games it doesn't take me long i have the <laughs> i have no patience like i'm yeah. immediately red-faced and That's sweating and and whenever you you know you encounter you know whether it's in the game or maybe you know somebody in chat is asking like a, a weird question or maybe trying to backseat game a little too much you're so cool about how you deal with everything so I think uh, you know jokingly uh, the Bob Ross connections are made uh, for a lot of reasons and hopefully you're you're cool with that and that uh, people just think you're just this cool, smooth talk and smooth vibe and Twitch streamer because, I mean, it's worked for you. You're very popular, I think, because of, of those things. I would agree with you, you know, and, and when I find new people coming in, like when you get rated or hosted, I feel like a first impression is super important. And for, mm. for my stream, there's not very much to go on. I have some game capture and I have a voice and that's about it. So I think like I'm not any different online than I feel like I am in real life. Like it's not a ruse. It's not anything that I have to force or push for. It's Mm -hmm. just very natural for me to be polite. Like if someone comes to my house, I would greet them in the same way with the same types of, you know, kind of, um, kind of feeling and try to produce that level of comfort for someone face to face just as much as I would online. So I think there's a bit of a a real aspect to me and, and that sounds kind of conceited to say maybe in in some form but I feel like there's a lot of people online that really have to personify themselves in a different way that it's not really them but exactly yeah. that's a good transition to what I was going to bring up which is I think at least from my perspective I get so burnt out on like that kind of um those kinds of videos you're talking about you know some people do them better than others but there is just an oversaturation of like 
comedic jump, lots of jump cut edits, uh, lots of like loud screaming, like, oh, I'm going to be angry at this game. This game makes me so mad and I'm going to yell a bunch of insults and just a bunch of like angry video game nerd clones. And most of them aren't very funny. You're like the polar opposite of that. So what you're saying is that that's not by design. That's just who you are. Exactly. And like, I don't really rouse to anger playing a game, right? And that's something that's kind of come across in a live stream. I'm sure people that have watched my live streams kind of blink 5,000 times in a moment saying, when's the explosion coming? (laughs) When's she going (laughs) to throw the controller? When is she going to freak out? And it just, it doesn't overwhelm me. I'm the type of person where if a game is getting on my nerves, I put it down and I walk away from it or I switch to something else. And I find a lot of people just don't do that. Or maybe they feel like, oh, if I react, maybe people will will mm-hmm. like it right and and for me i get it really uncomfortable when people are screaming or yelling like that to say i love the angry video game nerd i've watched his videos since 2009 pretty much almost daily just yeah. because they're <laughs> they're so familiar to me now there's a there's a comforting part of it to that but um with that sort of thing for me it just doesn't make sense to get mad and i'm very good at knowing my limits especially online and that like as small as I am all over the internet, there's still an image that I kind of want to maintain. And I don't want to just throw all that out one day because I freak out at something like dying too many times in Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. So it's it's easy enough for me at least to justify keeping my cool and having a, a decent, a decently monitored temper. That <laughs> is called uh, emotional maturity, ladies and gentlemen. That's That is what that is referred to as. I, I strive for it every day, and uh, in watching uh, again watching your streams, I tried streaming a couple times, and I'm I'm not the best gamer, but I certainly you know every, everyone kind of likes to to be entertaining and sort of have an audience to do that, and and in the times that I've tried it and I've become flustered, I do find that um, I am a bit of a character in that I get really all shucksy because I'm trying to cover up that. <laughs> That urge to just turn red and and walk out, and I'm just like, oh gosh darn, man, I wish I'd have done better there. And like, that's not anything I would do by myself. So, uh, I guess for the better, my character changes when I'm on camera, at least. So that's good. Yeah, I find that funny because I've been I've been likened to something like Ned Flanders, and I find a lot of people, <laughs> like especially a lot of folks from the U.S. in particular, they'll say things like, on it, and dang it, and none of those things come to me naturally, right? So I'm always saying things like, oh no, or oh dear, things like that. <laughs> so I feel like I'm already a gangly appendage in the sea of folks from the U.S. that are on Twitch doing live streaming. But yeah, I've, I've picked up a little bit of vocabulary from some U.S. folks, and not not the good frustration terms though i wish i could i wish i could be that <laughs> natural at saying dang it, it doesn't happen. <laughs> dad gummit yeah um was i do have to ask though what is the maddest you've ever gotten at a game was it was there like any kind of instance where like it's just a bad game and it's poor design and you know or or clear, clearly it sounds like you don't like blame your own skill or anything like that but has there ever been an instance where it's just like what is wrong with this game why would they do this like i'm just i'm just wondering like have you ever rage quit in a game i think it's happened to me in a live stream one time and it was when i was playing illusion of gaia of all things yeah because i was already feeling really frustrated with how corny some of the things in that game were and (laughs) 
also just like how crazy the plot was. And I remember I got to the town and I don't want to spoil anything for anyone that hasn't played Illusion of Gaia, but I got to this one town where the game just changes its mind on how it's going to do things. And it was something stupid, like I needed an item. And so I naturally went around to every townsperson and talked to them trying to find this item. But the game decided to randomly insert it into my inventory without telling me. So the thing was, is I had it all along. I must have spent about an hour walking around and I was so frustrated. And I said, you know what, folks, I'm going to switch to the lost levels. And they're like, are you kidding me? I said, no, <laughs> this game, I can laugh at myself and it's funny and I can die a lot and it'll be great. And people are like, you're crazy. I said, that's great. Let's do that. So I just popped that into the SNES and off we went. And that Sweet. was pretty much the only time I put it down and didn't come back to it for a while and got angry. Um, another experience was just Fantasy Star 2, that game in its wholeness. Well, well that game in general is, will test anybody's patience. Yeah, and, and I guess like for me, finishing that game was more of a testament to the dedication of my viewership <laughs> because they were kind of hanging on to my playthrough. They're like, God, we would never finish this. It's up to you now. <laughs> you, you shall be the vessel through which we experience this game. And so, so that's how that went. I ended up having to finish it for them more so than for myself. And then I was just angry with the ending. And I have a whole 16-minute rant about that on the internet. If you can call it a rant, right? You can't really sense any difference in the tone of my voice at times. Uh, was, was, <laughs> I would call it an analysis. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. a, uh, an impassioned analysis. Yeah. So, I mean, for me... I'm quite content to just switch to something else, but those two times in particular, holy smokes, I was just done. I said, eh, I'd rather be playing something else. And that doesn't happen too often. I can usually see the silver lining in, in most games. Illusion of Gaia's got a lot of really goofy stuff where it's got long cutscenes, long for Super Nintendo, long cutscenes, and you just have no idea what anybody's talking about or what's going on. Like, I wish, it feels like I'm back in the womb and then suddenly they're in an airplane and that guy wets, that kid wets himself. And it's just like, what is, what is this? What's happening? <laughs> exactly. And and there's the guy that sets his own hair on fire. There's suicidal pigs. It's an incredibly strange game. I don't blame you for just being like, you know what? Nope, I'm done. Yeah. And I think a big part of my disappointment with that was really just having it hyped up so much. And that's kind of an issue I've run into in my, like coming to games in my adult life. Right. I haven't played a lot of things now experiencing these for the first time. And, and suddenly I have my expectations that have just been launched skyward. And then they always come crashing down with certain games. And Illusion of Gaia was definitely that one where hmm. I was convinced this has to be good. So many people love this. And then I was like, this is the stupidest game I've ever played. And people still want to fight with me on the internet about this. And it's just so silly. And I'll say, that's fine. You can have your game. Did you play it as an adult? Because if you just played it as a kid, you need to play it again and actually see what the hell is happening in this game <laughs> because it's, it's just crazy. There's child slavery. There's vampires. I mean, it just doesn't end. It's like they wrote down a bunch of random ideas and tossed them in a hat and just picked them out. Like, okay, now it's time for the pig to kill himself. <laughs> now, it's, <laughs> now it's time for, you know, the guy to set himself on fire. It's very, very, very strange. Have you played Soul Blazer by any chance? It's the one that came before. Not yet. Illusion so I have that one in Terranigma on my list to mm. play, but they have not quite arrived in my line of things to play next just yet. Sure. Yeah. I can just, all I can say is that Soul Blazer is way better, in my opinion. 
I love Soul Blazer. It's one of my yeah. favorites. Yeah, it's super. It's way more straightforward. It's yeah, and it's not. It's it's still kind of weird, but it has a different vibe to it. Um, whereas Illusion of Guy is all over the place. Soul Blazer is a little dark, and um, it's consistent. I guess is what I'll say, without spoiling anything. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to it for sure. Right on. Yeah, it, actually, after you you brought up a good point. After playing Illusion of Gaia, really after playing a lot of those drawn out RPGs with long stories and story filler. After the game is over, I'll go to the Wikipedia page and read about the plot to make sure that like, <laughs> did I, did I get any of that? Was that, am I, did I understand any of that? And then uh, I remember for illusion of guy, I was like, I don't remember any of this happening. And I was like, did I play the right game? And I, I had to go down and look at the label. I'm like illusion of Gaia. Yeah. That's what it says. And so you're right it is all it's it was so confusing that wikipedia had a hard time putting it together in two paragraphs yeah i don't envy the person that had to write the story summary <laughs> to that probably just page. made it up yeah they, yeah they're probably just yeah <laughs> who knows grab bag a bunch of words <laughs> so hg you mentioned you've mentioned both here you've mentioned uh, a little bit about twitch and a little bit about youtube uh which of those came first for you twitch or youtube i guess in terms of calendar dates YouTube came first, but Twitch came pretty much like the next day. So I've kind of started everything up at the same time, as well as a, a collecting blog that I've also been running for also four years now, which is just kind of chronicling my collecting adventures. It's really just photos of games and talking about how I found them. But but yeah, I kind of said to myself, well, I know live streaming is going to come more easily to me. YouTube, I don't know the first thing about video editing, but I'm going to claim this channel name and then slowly started putting out just gameplay stuff. And yeah, at first it was kind of slow, but yeah, they started up at the same time. Gotcha. So so what inspired you to, to get started with any of this? Was it just kind of out of nowhere? Well, I think for me, a lot of my inspiration came from seeing cool people on the internet playing video games and being somebody who's loved games since I was a kid. Just wanting to do something more with it and there was a time in my life where I had no friends that liked games or if they did they liked different games or had newer systems than me so I was never in the loop and I got to a point where I just said well I've collected games for a long time and I have this game collection maybe now would be a good time to start trying to connect with people because I had moved for work in 2012 and was finding myself feeling pretty lonely and looking for mm. some degree of community or connection with like-minded people. But unfortunately, I really wasn't meeting anybody that I really clicked with in this new city that I was in and am still in. But like my boyfriend, who I've been with for six years now, we both love games and that's great, but he wasn't part of the picture yet. So I was kind of looking for a way to just get started and, and meet people and find a community, I guess, somewhere in my late 20s at the time, looking for some degree of connection with other humans. Gotcha. It seems to have worked pretty well. It was a good yeah, plan. Working pretty well so far, I would say. Was Can I ask what, what was part of it? Because part of it for me, and I, I, I wanted to ask other people this too, part of it for me was just documenting my experiences with these games so I can remember. Because I have kind of a poor memory when it comes to movies and um, like I've seen Gladiator like three times and I still don't really remember it all that well. <laughs> um, and I know I've beaten, I've played um, a lot of games. <clears throat> so I just wanted to kind of document this stuff. Like, okay, here's what I think about it. Here's what happens in this game. Here's how you play it. 
And so now when I think of stuff like Lufia or Breath of Fire or whatever, um, I can remember that I have an easier time remembering it. Is, it, is there any element of that for you too? I'm going to say no, only because up until that point in my life where I kind of started doing live streaming and YouTube and all of that, I hadn't really played a lot of games. Mm. <laughs> I had like the same handful of games pretty much my whole childhood for NES, Game Boy, and Sega Genesis. I got a PlayStation 2 when I was 16 and pretty much only played PS1 games. And I think maybe in total, I had maybe 40 games between all of those systems. So for me, it was just more of wanting to play through games and have company. Like I didn't really want to sit down in my house and play through a 40 hour RPG talking to nobody. <laughs> and for a while with my live streams, that's what it was. You know, you don't talk to anybody. Nobody Nobody comes into your channel and, and hangs out with you and you just kind of sit there and, and do that. But with YouTube, it actually took me a long time to even start doing reviews because I was so worried about opinions and mm. being able to form valid opinions or informed opinions that hadn't already been stated a billion times already. So that for me was a big confidence thing and just getting a little bit of steam on Twitch that translated into people saying, yeah, we want to hear what you have to say about that game absolutely make a review on that game we'll watch it so it kind of came from that direction of not so much wanting to chronicle but more just wanting the company and then being gently encouraged that yeah your opinion might matter and we might want to hear it so that's how the the review part of youtube was born anyway right on um the the thing that you have going for you on the youtube channel especially is that you have a penchant for not only just um picking some pretty strange games that I've never heard of. Plus, you do like, you know, you'll go all, all over the place from NES to Dreamcast and then Sega Master System. Uh, I liked Lord of the Sword. I, I know I would hate that game if I played it, but I, I liked hearing about it. Um, and Sim Tower. Oh my God. I still want that game. I need to find it somewhere. Um, but you also um, have a little bit of a different, different presentation uh, when it comes to showing off the game, showing off the manual, kind of giving a more complete package while not going on for, not droning on for like 30 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's still in a concise, written in a concise way with kind of a complete picture. So I think that's kind of what drew me to you. Besides, besides the lovely voice. But um, I, I, I really do like that you give a, the game like a complete picture with the manual and what's the back of the box say, um, et cetera, that sort of thing. So did that kind of come like naturally to you? Like, well, why wouldn't somebody want to see this? I have it. So, yeah, I think it's also part of the collector in me and also because I don't really right. appear on camera. Right. So I'm not filling in any time in my videos where I can just sit in front of a camera and talk. So I'm like, well, what else do I have to really put into these videos apart from gameplay? And so the box and the manual stuff for me as somebody who's now in their 30s coming to these games for the first time. I need those resources like I've stayed unspoiled oh, sure. on so many games. Right. And so I'm always looking for manuals and any little vestige of information that's going to save my butt taking this game to a live stream and having to play it in front of people and not looking like an idiot. So <laughs> I, I try to do my research before I get started. And 
when I write my scripts and things, I'm always thinking about those tidbits like, oh, what did I read in the manual about the controls? Was there anything weird? What does the back of the box say? You know, so I, I incorporate those things while I'm writing so that they have a place in my script, which has been really helpful to kind of form the flow. And my flow in my videos is different every time. I never have a set kind of uh, like a set of subtitles that I kind of check off in my head. Like a formula or an outline. Yeah. And, and it drives some people crazy, I'm sure. They're probably like, oh, I want to know when she's going to talk about the the music and i don't always talk about music yeah I, you know i don't really feel Sometimes like it's you don't always need important. to mm -hmm. and so i guess it's just kind of all over the place for me when when i'm writing and up until the moment when i see the finished product i'm always thinking this sucks like it's not gonna come together well <laughs> everything is terrible what am i doing why am i working on this no one's gonna want to watch this and then when it's all finished i'm like eh, yeah maybe we'll see it might do okay and then it does okay and then i say eh, okay <laughs> good enough <laughs> yeah that's usually how it goes for me too if i end up on a game that i think like man no one's going to click to watch this video i'm like well better be funny because no one's going to come watch a review of orb 3d unless it's just solid for a hundred other reasons besides it being on orb 3d orb which by the way 3D? turns out what is that pretty 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 bad game i would say very tedious <laughs> not recommended um but hey there you go uh HG, over the last year or so since I've really, you know, become familiar with you and sort of discovered you, it seems like your Twitch channel or your audience has grown at least double. And maybe I'm making that up, but is that true? And if, if it has grown that much over the last little bit, what would you attribute that to? Well, I would say you're right. And it has actually felt a little crazy. And that's just because, like, I've been on Twitch for about four years. So before Twitch had analytics, before Twitch had affiliate status that you could s sign up for and all that. So that was all before that. And getting to a point where I actually had 10 people in my channel took at least a year. <laughs> like, regularly having 10 people sit in there with me to talk to me. And then all of a sudden, it just started to really pick up. And I don't know kind of what happened. Like I, I started meeting a few different people that had bigger channels and maybe networking accidentally mm. in so many ways through meeting people that knew other people, which is probably how I've also ended up here, which is crazy. But it's just like one of those things where it just kind of snowballs right after on. a while. I'm, yeah, you're up to, uh, let's see, looks like 2.3 thousand um, subscribers on Twitch right now. That's pretty mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, followers. If I was, if I had subscribers of that number, I'd be rolling in cash. But alas, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit of a different um, vocabulary there. I don't want to give anyone the impression I'm I'm doing this for a living because <laughs> there's no way you could make a living. But yeah, like it's just kind of crazy. Like the last maybe six months or so, especially, is just really really picked up in a way that I can't quite explain. But I'm very happy and very grateful that people have waltzed on in there and, and found something there that makes them want to stick around. Yeah, I think the networking thing is is huge. And, it, you know, really a lot of it's just grassroots stuff, like your friends telling your friends, telling friends. Like Musty Hobbit, he was on the show a couple of weeks ago. He was the one that showed me to you, and he basically just sent me a message in our chat that we have open pretty constantly. And he was just like, hey, check this out. And I was I normally don't click on every link he gives. if I might be busy or something, but I took a chance on that one. and. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. 
and I, I don't remember what game you were playing, but it was a game that I was always curious about, and I just hung around. I was like, man, her voice is something else. And she's really good at the game, too. So it's like it just kind of mounted, and I was like, oh, the community seems friendly. And let me scroll down here. Oh, it looks like she's played a lot of games I've been really interested in. So, And, and at that point, I was just kind of hooked. So you never really know what brings a person in. And I think it's – I always think that about anything, whether it be – Alex's channel or your Twitch streams or myself, it's like, what is it that gets a person to to stick around and keep coming back? And I'm sure it's different for everybody, but I always want to know, like, so, you know, why are you hanging out? What's, you know, what, what about this was, was interesting? Maybe I can, I can, uh, highlight that or make that a stronger point. So you never really know. I think on Twitch, a lot of it comes from just raids and hosts, honestly, like just having people think of you when they're finished a stream and sending their viewership over to you or, or sharing their community oh. with you. Like that's a really big part of how I've met so many new people. And for me, like I'm all over the place. I'm omnipresent on Twitch. I'm hanging out in people's channels all the time because I don't have cable TV anymore. I don't know a lot of people that do, nor do mm -hmm. I have any subscription services either. So Twitch and YouTube are pretty much my television at this point. So I'm just all over the place talking to people and, and people see you there and they kind of get to know you a little bit. And I don't know, it just it's an organic thing that kind of grows out of just being genuinely interested in other people. I really feel like you can smell somebody coming in that's just there to self-advertise and try to get oh, a yeah. leg up. And those people stick out like sore thumbs. It's very easy to see through that. And I find like the retro community on Twitch especially is just so welcoming and connected and wonderful. You'll hear people say otherwise, but the people that I've personally encountered and kind of built my community around over there, I, I love them dearly and I'm so grateful to have met them. They're, they're people I'd call friends at this point, and which is, which is a good thing. I, I'm really happy about that. That's really awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't hear that too often in the YouTube universe. That's for dang sure. <laughs> um, I think um, a big part of it from what I can see, just speaking my opinion, looking at your Twitch page, is um, the games you pick. Um, it looks like you're, you're going through uh, Fantasy Star 4 at the moment. And yeah. yeah, a lot of people like me have grown up with, you know, maybe we, we didn't have Sega Genesis growing up or we don't have any exposure to that game. So let's watch. And what what I really like personally, just my opinion, is that there's no none of that like annoying Twitch. I guess you'd call it like an interface mm -hmm. that shows like a chat thing and, you know, all on the screen. It's very bare bones. It's just the game. And it's like, you know what? Good. Because <laughs> that's all I want to see is the game. Yeah, and, and I've kind of had my own feelings around it. Like a lot of people put a ton of work into their streams and there's yeah. some people that do it really well, like making borders and backgrounds and integrating chat and alerts and stuff like that. And I don't know, I've always just wanted the focus to be on the game. And like you kind I of hit the feel nail. the same way, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what streaming's about for me. Like I don't really talk about myself a lot on stream. We just talk right. about the game, right? And and right. that's kind of always been my goal is to keep the focus there. And it's great. You don't have a webcam. Nobody's saying anything mean to you. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> can just play the game. People might make fun of how you're playing the game or try to backseat you or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's all about the game, mostly, until you get the people coming in saying, oh, your voice is so nice, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I get all the time, which is totally sure. fine. And I'm so flattered. But holy smokes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you said you recently just celebrated four years. So congratulations um, on that on Twitch. 
What is something you realize now about streaming that you wish you could go back and tell four years ago you? Well, first of all, thanks, because it's been a long time coming. Um, I guess something to tell my earlier self would have just been to get a schedule sooner, because I used to be so nonchalant about streaming. I would say, eh, I might stream tonight. I might not. I don't know. I was streaming Sundays and Thursdays for a long time. And then eventually incorporated Mondays into that and then finally sat down with a schedule. And once I got a schedule, that's when people started knowing when to expect me. I would be there every week at those times. Mm -hmm. And that's when people could show up. And I feel like that might have contributed to maybe growing a little bit, at least initially, just people knowing when they could find you. So that would be my biggest piece of advice for anybody starting on Twitch. A schedule is great, but... It's not for everybody, right? Some people can't schedule or they mm -hmm. don't like the, the rigidness of that. For me, it's really helped at least to keep me accountable. People are expecting me there. I have to show up. So then it doesn't just get, keep getting pushed and pushed forever and ever. It builds trust with your audience. They know, especially when, you, when you've done it for a long time, they know you're there at that time. And that's kind of comforting. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, seven o'clock, time to turn on Frasier, you know, like one of those kind of things. Yeah. I remember having a conversation with uh, my friend back home in St. Paul, and this, was, this would have been almost 10 years ago. I remember asking him, like, why is Game Grumps popular? Like, these, these guys are, you know, they're kind of silly, kind of funny, but it's really not my thing. Why, why this show? Why did it get so popular? And he, he was just like, oh, because they post every day. And hmm. I was like, huh. And that really kind of stuck with me. It's, so when I started my channel, I was like, well, I can't post every day because I have a, a regular 9 to 5 job. So I'll just focus on Tuesdays. I'll just do Tuesday 5 a.m. And I did that for a while. And then it got to the point where it got so streamlined. The process got so streamlined that I added a Thursday video. And, and to be honest, I was running out of Super Nintendo stuff. <laughs> I'm always running out of Super Nintendo stuff. But... Um, <laughs> Then I, I, I added the Thursday, and yeah, for six years now, almost six years, it's been every Tuesday, every Thursday at 5 a.m. And I really, I don't think it has anything to do with me, <laughs> like the, the reason my channel went anywhere. I don't think it has to, anything to do with me personally. I think it's the format and the schedule. I really think that builds a huge amount of trust with your audience. So they're like, okay, I know what to expect. I know the tone. I know it's not going to be like some ridiculous, like, I don't know, used car salesman kind of a deal. He's not going to try and sell me Dollar Shave Club or anything like that. It's, <laughs> it's just going to be this guy talking about, you know, Alien 3 or uh, some Super Famicom game that nobody's heard of or something like that. So I, I think you're 100% right with the, the scheduling for sure. Yeah, I think it's funny because I'm very regimented with Twitch, but I'm definitely not with YouTube. And that's just because I, I physically cannot have the time to work a full job when I'm working and also write these stupid scripts because they're so like writing for me is probably the worst thing. I can't get it out of my brain. It gets that's, stuck. I'm it's the awful. exact same way. Writing is so tough. Yeah. And like the video editing, like I'm no whiz. I know how to do like <laughs> transitions and I can cut video and I can cut music and that's about it. Like I'm all self-taught. I have no training in anything. So for me, it took so long. Like I started in Windows Media Maker, the Windows Movie Maker, sorry, um, to do my first Let's Plays. 
And then when I wanted to start doing reviews, I thought, oh, no, I can't add a separate audio track. <laughs> what am I going to do with this? <laughs> I don't know what to do with yep. this. Yeah. So then I had to start looking at bigger and better things. But I would say, like, what drew me to your channel at first anyway was just how how nice and concise everything was and how there was just no fluff. I could watch a video. I didn't have to go through all of these horrible, like, jump cuts and and all of this humor like your humor and my humor i feel are kind of on the same wavelength it's very very subtle and well that's that's nice to hear and i have a theory behind that it's because i was born and raised in minnesota my first 32 years of my life so i i i've been called an honorary canadian in the, in the past <laughs> by by somebody who i i used to know many years ago so i, I think that might be a little bit a part of it but yeah that's thank you for saying that that's very nice can you guys hear fraser screaming back there i can't hear fraser okay all right my girlfriend's watching fraser and just i, I just he's he's having one of his fits and he's shouting <laughs> and I, i'm picking it up on my mic hopefully it's not um the recording it's not too bad. i haven't heard it anything other than than your okay. sweet vocals yeah <laughs> oh my Okay, yeah, I had hey, one more question. He's talking to me now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I gotta I spread the love evenly. Um, <laughs> but before we get into some listener questions, I had one more question I wanted to ask. Um, so you're you're a very you know very private person, obviously with personal information. You're you're an enigma online, which is very understandable. Uh, are there any people that you talk to in your everyday life that don't know that you have this online hungry goria hungry goria HG persona? Nobody knows, actually. Well, I should I should fix that. So my best friend knows, and my boyfriend knows because he helped me with all of my audio setup. But I haven't really told anybody in my day to day about it. So, <laughs> which is kind of wow. funny because I don't know. I I'm a pretty shy person, and I feel like making this kind of content is kind of putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. I'm also yes. super paranoid about somebody slipping up. And saying my actual name or asking me a personal question that could have waited to until it's not on the internet and just having everything kind of blown wide open. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I just don't feel the need to really talk about it, which is strange because it takes up so much of my time. So people will say, well, what did you do this weekend? And I'll be like, eh, nothing. <laughs> so they just think you're a serial killer. Right? That's, that's too funny. Yeah. I can relate to that so well. It's ridiculous. Nobody at my workplace where I work now, I've only worked there since uh, summer 2017, but nobody there knows what I do. Um, and even if they did know, they I don't think they would really care because it's games that people stopped playing 25 years ago, you know? Mm -hmm. Like... At least in my case. In your case, it's Twitch. And that's like this new and exciting thing that people know about now. Especially with there's, there's no sports on TV or anything like that. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a growing commodity, I guess. But yeah, I'm uncomfortable people even knowing my name is Alex. Like it's, it's jarring to me to, when somebody leaves a YouTube comment saying like, I like this video, Alex. I'm like, like <laughs> I, I don't like that. But at the same time, I don't particularly like being called drunk either it's one of those dumb things where it's just like well i gotta come up with something i might as well just do some stupid snes drunk thing i guess it's just more proof that i never thought this would go anywhere but but yeah i can relate to you definitely like i don't want anybody knowing about this at all 
Which <laughs> my is... girlfriend knows, obviously, because I've lived with her for uh, five and a half years now, I think. So. Well, I just, yeah. I find it so funny because, well, and I know that you've gained so much success from having a YouTube channel. Like, it's a point of pride almost to be able to talk about, hey, look at what I've done. But then at the same time, it's just when you're actually in that moment looking someone in the eyes. I it can, sounds so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm like, huh, I don't think I want to share this. Like, I'll never forget <laughs> the day I had, I have two coworkers with offices nearby mine and they were just talking about how they had just discovered that people play video games online and that people watch them. And they were like visibly disgusted. They're like, wow, <laughs> like, who would do that? Like who would spend the time watching? Like just go play the games yourself. Oh my God. And I was sitting there like biting my nails thinking I can never talk oh, no. to you people about this. No, thank you. But they had no I mean, idea. Who plays, who plays Master of Darkness for Sega Master System <laughs> on Twitch? I mean... Jeez! What if they started like name dropping actual game names? Like they, it's like, oh no, they know somehow they know. Oh my god, I I probably would have exploded. <laughs> I would have blown up right on the spot. But yeah, like it's just not something. Like I've tried. I remember when I played through Ultima Four. This one of these same coworkers. Oh I knew he was a gamer. At least he's played a lot of. Um, I think it's Mass Effect. He's played totally unrelated, right? Like not quite the same type of game at sure, all. Yeah. But I remember just feeling so overwhelmed by playing Ultima 4 and, and loving it so much and just bubbling over at work one day about how much fun I had. And he looked at me like I had about 9,000 heads and backed away slowly until he could like reach the door handle and make an excuse to go. And I was thinking, OK, that's even more evidence that I can never talk to you people about this. So, yeah, it's been kind of quiet on my end. And like my best friend, she doesn't know my screen name or anything. I've told her a million times, but nobody knows what hungry Gria is anyway like good luck with that right um, right so Even by zelda standards that's a pretty obscure reference it takes a little bit of a little bit of thought into it oh yeah i have people come into my channel after months of being there and they're like i just got your screen name <laughs> i feel so dumb i'm like no no it's fine like it's fine you don't have to get it <laughs> it's not something yeah, it's, to be gotten it's one of the it's a great name because it is uh you know, it's in one of the most popular games ever, but it's not something you ever think about until you put two and two together. It's like, oh, yeah, it's that guy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right on. Well, we have uh, some some listener questions here we thought we'd share with you um, that we got through email. So we're going to read the emails first. Now, we'll say the emails are, are to us, but the questions are for all of us. So I'll get started here with Brad from Brooklyn. He says, I'm really enjoying the podcast so far. Uh, you both bring your own voices to it and still and still mesh it together comfortably. Uh, it's just hanging out. I've been listening to it the way I hope you intended while grinding out XP in a muted 16-bit game. Oh, I gotta say, perfect. Say, yeah, that sounds awesome to me, Brad. Uh, his question is, what is the best playground rumor about a game that you heard when you were a kid that actually wasn't true? Oh, man. I never had that experience with people. Like, Growing up, nobody really played a lot of video games. My friends just didn't play games. I'm I'm so sorry to disappoint, but I have nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. Like, I can't even think of a time when people talk to me about a game, period. Is there anything you hear now that is, like, a ridiculous myth that you get miffed by or anything like that? Just that Fantasy Star 2 would be good and how sad <laughs> I was. That's about it, though. <laughs> Let's debunk that myth right now. Yeah, Fantasy Star 2, stay away. <laughs> well, go ahead, Trev. Um, 
so mine to to be so like I was thirteen, I think, when I first played Tomb Raider, and um, oh no, <laughs> if you think about that long enough, you'll realize that like the yeah. age of a bunch of boys in Tomb Raider, yeah. and there was some myth that there was a code, and wow, we looked, we tried, we tried, and I'm actually today thankful it didn't exist, but um, that was the one that I I think about a lot because I remember there was like eight of us at a dude's house one time just hitting every button you could on a PlayStation. Nothing was working out, so um, so it's a it's a good funny memory about a code um, that did not exist, uh, thankfully. Yeah, don't you miss the nineties? I mean, <laughs> I do. I don't remember. It was some some kid just he had heard this from his. You know, it's always a weird uncle involved somewhere. But anyway, well, my my cousin's uh, dentist works at. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, the one kid was like, no, I've seen it. Uh, No, I've seen it. Like, he was that kid that just completely lied and made us believe it was real. Yeah. Yeah. Four hours later, not real. Four hours. Oh, my. You must have been really interested in getting that to work. (laughs) Yeah. I think the next year we got the internet. So after that, we were pretty good. (laughs) Prior to that, no. I think the one that made me the most angry, and I'll never forget this kid's name. I won't say it on here. Um, I'll just give his initials as DB, which is appropriate because he was a douchebag. But um, (laughs) (laughs) this kid was your classic, like just BSer. He's he's gonna just make stuff up to give bring attention to himself to himself, and he was really annoying about it. What I don't remember what the specific rumor was, but it was about Final Fantasy VI, and um. Yeah, oh, I wish I could remember him. It it wasn't the general Leo thing. It was something else. But he had the whole backstory of my dad's friend works at SquareSoft, and he knows that if you enter in this code at this time, this will happen. And sure enough, we all we all did that, and we made sure to rent it and put it. It's like nope, nothing doesn't work. And it's like I thought your dad worked at or your dad's friend worked at SquareSoft. He does. It's like. Yeah, but we did what you said, and it didn't work. <laughs> What's the deal? <laughs> there was that one, and then there was... Um, you can play as Darth Vader in uh, Super Empire Strikes Back. That one I really wanted to be true, but it was not. Haven't you uh, debunked some big myths uh, in a video in the past? You've done that a couple times, yeah? That's, uh, yeah, the Super Nintendo myths. that, And I try and throw in some true things in there, too, just to throw people off. <laughs> um, like the slot machine in Star Fox, which is incredibly weird and trippy, but it's a real thing. Um, but yeah, there's there's plenty of that stuff. Like, especially the the one that bothers me is Hagane being a blockbuster exclusive, and there's no proof of that anywhere ever. It's just right. something yeah. something somebody said on the internet on YouTube, like back in 2009, and it's like, uh, why did you say that? And nothing there's nothing here so yeah there's i think there's three of those videos i'm actually working on a fourth one of one oh of those. cool so nice. yep all right we'll move on to the next question then this one's from uh 2d wizard who who emailed us with that name usually that's just a screen a comment from youtube but uh, this guy's emails 2d wizard uh, he says hello drunk friends Love your podcast and respective YouTube channels. Just finished listening to episode 9. That was, of course, with Caleb J. Ross and Musty Hobbit. And heard the latter mention getting beer from Decorah, Iowa. I happen to be an alumni from the college of that little town, Luther College. 
Uh, it's a beautiful place to visit. That got me thinking about my weekend spent during my college years. If I wasn't doing homework or swimming for the competitive team, I was playing video games. I'll never forget my first playthrough of Terra Enigma as it helped me cope with being far from home with roommates who didn't share any of my interests. What games did you play in college? Did any of them help get you through some tough times? I think with the, with me for university, I kind of signed off games for a while, and it was more because I kept saying to myself, well, if I'm going to be doing something, I should be doing schoolwork. I'm paying to be here. But I can still recall the exam periods coming up and getting so overwhelmed with studying, writing my exams. And then as soon as they were done, I would just spend about two weeks in my pajamas and play <laughs> Final Fantasy XII, which was out at the time when I was still oh. just finishing up my, my undergrad. And I remember just getting lost in that. And it wasn't really like a hard time for me, but just getting back to something that I loved doing, which was gaming. Once in a while through university was just really helpful to help to refresh my my mindset going into a new semester every time. So yeah, it was mostly Final Fantasy XII and I think Final Fantasy IX as well, which I had tried to finish. <laughs> Have you thought about uh, streaming any of, the, any of those more recent games? Um, so the most recent one that I think I've played was Elemental Gimmick Gear. And mm -hmm. I haven't played anything more recent than that. And I don't know if I would have a lot of traction from people. I think they come to my channel more just for the retro stuff. I have a lot more excitement over 8 and 16-bit generation stuff. Like when mm. I streamed Elemental Gimmick Gear, I think people also hated the game. <laughs> part, of the, <laughs> part of the problem. But yeah, it, there weren't as many people in there cheering me on as usual, but... I don't know, maybe maybe at some point I could bust some newer stuff out, but my interest is still really digging through the older stuff at this point. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember you played um, a few of the Katamari games. I think they're a little newer. That was fun. Um, for me, I think... So I guess technically I was in college until last week for like 17 years. <laughs> so that's, that's a lot of games. But... Um, if I focus on just when I was like in a dorm and away from home for the first time, I can relegate it to those those first few. Uh, I definitely emulated a lot of games for the first time because that was my first time with high speed internet. So I went from, you know, I grew up in the very rural part of America that didn't have great internet. It's like you know, eight k dial up. Like they had to we had to pedal outside on a bike to get the internet to come in the house <laughs> and then suddenly yeah a hamster and then suddenly boom it was like all the all the internet so i downloaded everything i could onto my six uh gigabyte hard drive uh compact mm. presario back then and i remember emulating just a ton of stuff it was when i first got into just you know, it was the first time i could get anything I, I truly wanted and missed out on so i don't remember any specific games but i remember that being like uh sort of the key that unlocked me to what all games were out there because at that point I had no idea how many Super Nintendo games or NES games there were. It was also during the the heart of the PS2 era, and I remember my roommate and I playing just a ton of NCAA college football, like hundreds of hours of that between classes and after class. So, so yeah, those uh, no no one game to get me through, but uh, certainly a lot of good gaming memories from from college. Do you remember the? Uh emulators you had was this back in like the ZSNES days yes ZSNES was was one of them was yeah. Nesticle around then I don't even remember Nesticle with the disembodied hand for the mouse yeah, yeah yeah yep for me it would be um well I lived with uh a friend of mine from tech school named Tom and he had a Dreamcast and a GameCube 
and uh, he would invite uh, some of our tech school friends over, and we would play really loud, uh, raucous games of Virtua Tennis. <laughs> and I've, I got some real. I honestly got have some really good memories. I don't know why I didn't that. expect Virtua Tennis to come after that. <laughs> because it would be me and my friend Nate against uh, my roommate Tom and his friend Brett, and we, me and Nate were getting the crap kicked out of us, and we were yelling at each other, and you know we'd been drinking, so we were taking this really seriously, and. Um, then all of a sudden, you know, we, we just weren't, like, in sync. And then all of a sudden, we, we won a point, um, a long point. It was, like, freaking 20, 25, you know, volleys back and forth. And Nate goes, all right, I think we got it. And from then on, we came back. It took, like, 45 minutes, but we came back from, like, two sets to, to zero. Wow. We were down, like, 6-0, and we came all the way back to win. That's awesome. I'm telling you, that's one of my favorite memories of tech, of tech school was Virtua Tennis. It was so fun. That's cool. But yeah, there was that. I remember um, Tony Hawk, was it Tony Hawk 2 on GameCube? That was a lot of fun. Um, and I think Wind Waker had just come out too. And I, I, I didn't, that was Tom's. I let, so it's like, I'm not going to like barge in and play, like, let me play this. And so I would just watch him play. And I was like, wow, this is so freaking weird that this is a, a Zelda game. I can't believe this. Like, they really did this with Zelda. <laughs> weird, goofy. Um, HG, have you played Wind Waker? I've played it most of the way through, but I have never been able to finish it. I've put it down twice. So there's something oh. in it that just doesn't keep my interest. I don't know. Oh, okay. You're just not a fan? I love the music in it. It's just a long game. I don't know. I found yeah. it went on for a really long time, and I'm a big 2D Zelda fan. I've only played Ocarina of Time and Skyward Sword and a little bit of Wind Waker in terms of 3D stuff. So, yeah, it just doesn't click with me as well, unfortunately. Does a Link Between Worlds count as 3D? I don't know. Sometimes, I haven't played right? that one yet. <laughs> I guess it kind of does. I if you liked Link to the Past, I highly recommend Link Between Worlds. It's super fun. I'm gonna break your heart, and I'm gonna tell you I did not like a Link to the Past. <laughs> oh, like, you didn't like Link to the Past? No, oh. it's. I'm like, not a huge fan of Link to the Past, so I'm okay. Okay, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that we're we can still be friends because I've had like <laughs> internet fist fights with people. Not really, but uh... but just sadnesses all over the place about my lack of love. I love Link's Awakening so much more. Oh, I'm with you on that. I think Link's Awakening, mm, it's between that and the first Legend of Zelda as the best Zelda games, in my opinion. Agreed. Um, I'm not too high on Ocarina of Time. I'm not too high on um, anything that comes after that. I think Wind Waker's interesting, but um, Link to the Past is definitely a top five Super Nintendo game. I, my personal feelings aside, I, I do have to admit it's extremely well made and the, the music is awesome. It like gets you going and it's very atmospheric and it's just that kind of like puzzle solving is just not my thing, I guess. And plus, um, what, one thing I, I love about Link's Awakening is that it's just so goofy. Like you have all these quests to go get like, what is it? You get a can of dog food for an alligator. <laughs> Yeah, and then there's Something a pineapple like and a stick. Yeah. yeah, there's a whole bunch of big trade quests in that one. There's a big trading sequence in there, and it just cracks me up because it's the most random stuff. It's like a can of dog food. What? It starts with the flowers, I think, for the for the woman in the 
in the village and then you go to the beach and get a can of the, it's so weird i really like that game a lot nice yeah the uh, the og is also my favorite so if we're if we're uh all in agreement here we can just uh move on uh the og is the best <clears throat> okay great <laughs> uh does that round out um this here interview this here interview yes it does i i believe it does all right well hg thank you so much for joining us and gracing our podcast with your angelic vibes and voice it's been awesome and it's great to learn a little bit more about you it's been relaxing it's been so I, relaxing I'm sitting here like I've been sitting here like just like mellowing out. I'm just yeah. I'm in a I'm in a good mood now. I'm so glad, and I really appreciate the opportunity to come on. And if you ever want to just chat, I'm always around. You know where to find me. That's for sure. Right on. Mm-hmm. Where do we find you? In case people don't know. Oh well, I stream on Twitch on Sundays, Mondays, and Thursday evenings. Right now, starting around seven thirty Eastern Daylight. Eastern Standard, of course, when we go back to that terrible daylight savings time. And <laughs> yep. I'm also on YouTube. And I don't know if you want me to say links out loud or not, but I'll, I'll leave it at that, I guess. <laughs> we can do that. That's it. That's, that's, those are the only places. <laughs> My <laughs> list least, is very short. At least you're consistent. You're at Hungry Gorilla. That's G-O-R-I-Y-A on everything, which is nice. That's, I should have done that. I'm at 10 different names in 10 different places. So it's, <laughs> it's very simple for people to find you, I think, if they want to search you on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube especially. So, okay. Well, thanks, uh, thanks to everyone that emailed in a question. We really appreciate that. Keep those coming. Uh, That's been another Drunk Friend podcast. You can go to polykill.com to find more podcasts like this one. And um, once again, reach out to us at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd simply like to help out the show, remember to rate and review us wherever you listen. We're on Twitter as well. I'm at Trav Plays Games. Alex is, of course, at SNES Drunk. And as we said, you can find Hungry Gorilla on YouTube at Hungry Gorilla, Twitter, Twitch, Hungry Gorilla. Also, we want to give a shout out to Coolor as usual for the great podcast music he provided us. The song you heard is called Electric Star Bounce, and you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. All right, be sure to catch us all on YouTube or Twitch, and thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Yeah.